Don't you dare touch that dial. Welcome to Don't Touch That Dial, a podcast exploring radio. I'm your host, Caleb, taking you on a journey through the compelling world and history of radio broadcasting. Throughout this journey, you will hear from some special guests in the industry and information to open your mind. I'm uh, Kelly Freeler. I'm the executive director of digital for um, Leighton Broadcasting and Leighton Engage. Uh, Our company has 26 radio stations uh, in Midwest markets, and I've been with the company for uh, just over six years now. Uh, and I've really been focused primarily on the digital side. I actually came from the auto industry before I managed dealerships and I was buying advertising, a lot of digital advertising. Uh, so now I'm in a media company and I, um, part of my role is also helping our radio brands with their digital strategy. So essentially acting as kind of a consultant for them on building out that digital strategy and those assets to connect with communities and listeners. Awesome, Kelly. Thanks for being here. We have been going through kind of the history of radio, and I really wanted to kind of dedicate this last episode of this four-part series to the future of radio. Um, One of the, you know, kind of concepts we've been talking about throughout this series is how radio has evolved from sort of this person-to-person communication wherever it started to kind of, you know, broad broadcast radio to internet radio. And now we're just kind of, you know, in a whole new world of radio that it's never been seen before. And there's just so many things over the horizon that could affect radio. And so that's kind of the main conversation that we're going to be having today. So the first question that I have for you is everybody has a mobile device now. So how do mobile devices have an impact on the radio? It's interesting, Kelly, because what you just said um, about how it was one-to-one, I think that's one of the unique things about what mobile has allowed. It has allowed radio to broaden Um, It's access, meaning it's accessible anywhere because those phones are always in our pockets usually or in our hand or on the table right next to us. So it allows us to listen by the campfire. Uh, We don't need to have the car radio or a big boom box anymore. We can really listen anywhere. We can be have I do the dishes and have radio on in my pocket sometimes, Uh, you know, so it makes it very accessible with a mobile device, but also There's technology within it, meaning like texting technology that has allowed our on-air team members to use radio as a one-to-one touch point with listeners. So in this world where we have the ability to connect with so many things in so many broad spaces, we all still crave that one-to-one opportunity. (laughs) And it's harder to find sometimes. We're in these public conversations on social or, you know, everything's globalization, which is great. But again, we still want that human connection. So Now our talent, our personalities on the radio have that ability to connect on a really deep personal level in different ways because of mobile devices. And again, they're more accessible, more time throughout the day. So I I like what you said earlier about how, you know, radio stations, they used to have people call in for all their giveaways and now they're having people text in. Uh, Mm -hmm. Kind of talk about that for a second. Yeah. You know, texting, it, it becomes a, Sure, we'd love it to be called because that audio, the sound of it is so cool. Um, That is just such fun audio to hear and listen to. And you can kind of like feel the emotion of it. It, It's incredibly valuable. But the reality is, too, we also have to adapt to the habits of people. And most of us text versus call. So we have to adapt to that as well. We have to understand that that there's a comfort level there. And it maybe makes it more accessible to more people. Maybe somebody is working on the job and listening passively and they can text in. But they can't call because they're in their cubicle or whatever it might be. 
Um, you know, I think it, it has changed, though, the sound of radio. So it's kind of interesting. It's, it's really up to the talent to figure out how do I create a conversation that people still want to be a part of that I can put on the air. Um, but texting, again, has given maybe more people. So it's not quite the same as having somebody call in, but somebody can text in and be part of the conversation, and we can share that on the radio. We can say, hey, Susie from Rice just texted us and said, you know, whatever. Um, so there's, there's just unique ways that now we can leverage some of those channels to maybe kind of engage with more people than we had the ability to before. So in the second episode, it was mentioned how the the radio was kind of viewed as the first form of social media. Um, you have kind of like the post, which would be the radio DJ talking, and then the comments or the responses, which are sort of like the call-ins. So if you look at, you know, kind of radio being this first social media, but now we have social media everywhere all the time. So how important is social media presence for radio stations? It's absolutely vital. Uh, it is, it's another way in an increasingly fragmented world, we all are spending a little bit of time in a lot of places right now. Um, so by having the ability to connect with listeners in multiple ways on their drive to work in the morning, maybe on their lunch break, uh, maybe you're sending an email to their inbox because they're a newsletter subscriber, you're catching them uh, when they're scrolling on social at lunchtime or at the end of the day when they're at home, the ability to have multiple touch points throughout a day, it became difficult because they have a lot of other sources of audio as well. Now Spotify and Pandora didn't exist and streaming TV. We couldn't watch Netflix on our phone. Uh, you know, we couldn't do those things. So now in an increasingly competitive space, we're all competing for people's attention. We've got to be able to figure out how do we strengthen and solidify relationships. And one of the great things about radio talent is they're content creators. They have been historically some of the best content creators because they're storytellers and they know how to create emotion and connection. And there's not a better way to create emotion and connection than through audio. And so because of that strength that they have, they're uniquely positioned to excel at social media and creating conversation in that platform and in that space too. So it's sort of a natural extension of radio that in a lot of ways, I look at it not as competition, but opportunity. Uh, now we can have an opportunity to spend more time with a listener in a day than we used to. Uh, so I think the more that we look at how do we use these new things as assets to build a more robust brand in our communities, I think the stronger radio will become. Yeah, and we'll definitely talk about some more of those opportunities um, in just a little bit. But I know in my in my experience working with radio, we now have our social media giveaways get a lot more you know responses and interaction than our on air giveaways. Has that been the experience for you as well? Absolutely, it's almost a lower barrier to entry, or you have kind of those like passive lurkers that are willing to participate. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't want to hear. I'm self conscious about my deep voice, <laughs> you know, so I don't necessarily want to be somebody that's calling into the radio. But I'd text in or I'd fill out an online form. So I, I think that you have that opportunity to have a broader audience that now you can engage more people than you might have otherwise. You know, radio, the, the term the P1 listener, that, that core audience that's your regular habitual listeners. Now you kind of get participation from maybe that P2 and P3 audience that's more secondary too. Uh, so you can um, kind of just create stronger connections I think, you know, um, 
being in the digital space too, there's a long-term benefit to radio building social channels, doing contesting there where you're asking people to maybe fill something out in exchange for a prize, where they're maybe choosing to opt into an email database and a newsletter to be the first to know about contesting or to get VIP content from your on-air talent. That's a huge opportunity as well, where social can help you build those other assets. Uh, Social can help you encourage people to download an app or again, subscribe to some other type of content. So talking about social media, uh, one of the biggest ones, controversial or not, is TikTok. Uh, Very, very big. It's the most downloaded social media app currently. And so what impact does TikTok have on radio or what impact does TikTok have on the music industry as a whole? You know, I think uh, any of these things can be natural disruptors because they can gain as they gain attention. People's attention, have, they're, they're listening or they're consuming less content of something else in order to make time for TikTok. So naturally, it's a what thing are they going to stop doing in order to find time on TikTok? Uh, you know, so we're kind of seeing that as a, well, how do they spend time with us on TikTok then? <laughs> so, uh, you know, again, how do you find those things? I think TikTok is is a little bit challenging, too, because it's your content has to match the style of that platform. And it's a little bit more unique than Instagram and it's a little bit different than Facebook. So now the challenge for radio becomes, do your on-air talents, are you really going to ask them to understand content creation for three social media channels plus their station format, plus, plus, plus? It becomes a little bit challenging because the content has to match the platform in a lot of ways. Um, you can't talk on radio like you would on social media and you can't talk on radio like you might on TV. It's just different. So I think TikTok is unique in that way where it's another type of content that we have to try and master. Uh, so there's a, a challenge, but again, like we mentioned before, there's an opportunity to strengthen or to have another touch point with an audience. The reality is frequency and times in which we can connect with an audience just strengthens our relationship. The more time we get to spend with them, the the stronger that connection will be. They'll have more preference. They'll want to stay with us. It gives us a chance for talent to maybe share more of their personality outside. So it's almost like this gated content that they don't have to pay for. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there's kind of a, a uniqueness to TikTok where our on-air talent can give them like a whole nother side of their personality. So we can sort of use TikTok to get them to maybe listen to radio and vice versa and use radio to get them to follow them on TikTok. So these channels sort of help promote each other then. So it's, it's kind of a fun back and forth. Yeah. And I think you see a lot of stations now kind of doing this like shotgun effect of where they just make accounts on every single social media platform and hope that one of them, you know, kind of blows up or is able to connect the best with their audience. Um, and TikTok is kind of infamous for shortening people's attention spans because everything is so quick and fast paced. And so do you think that that has had an effect on radio or how people kind of consume media as well? Yeah, I, you know, I think that that's something that we see in a lot of research and studies is that time spent listening is definitely reducing. Um, radio, I will tell you, gets a lot of time spent in comparison to other channels but it has gone down over time. Um, you know, if we look at, uh, you know, share of ear studies that are done, things like that that come out, the, the time spent is definitely being reduced. Um, I do think TikTok will continue to have an impact on that. 
you know, I think it's going to impact how we format our stations and being conscious of ramps and and out of breaks and how long breaks are, because as that attention span shortens as a result of people's habits on other platforms, we need to make sure that we're not losing people on radio because we have a three minute break. Do they have a tolerance for that when there's not a single other platform that has a three minute break? You know, so I think it's things like that that we have to continue to watch of when do we lose them? One of the benefits, though, is that as we get more people on streaming platforms for radio, we can sort of monitor and watch that. When's the drop off occurring? When are we losing audience so that we can try to adjust formatting accordingly? Yeah, and I think that internet tools really kind of help radio stations be able to track, you know, that duration when people are listening, when they're not. Um, And I I recently found a study, the Infinite Dial did a study that showed that there was a steady increase in the number of people listening to online audio weekly. And that was increasing from 17% to as a nine to 60% in 2019. So it's kind of interesting because people talk about how, you know, social media is going to kill radio, but you kind of see people using online presence to listen to radio so that kind of bridges you know into into internet radio so what exactly is internet radio and how does it compare to traditional radio so i think that that is a a really interesting thing to keep watching um we are seeing absolute explosion of mobile app consumption of our stations and i think the thing that's unique about radio that is going to be hard to to kill. And a video was going to kill the radio star too. <laughs> you know, and it, it didn't quite happen. So, you know, I think part of that resiliency of radio is the, the community and the local connection and just the connection with the talent. Um, Spotify doesn't have that. Pandora doesn't have that. There's not, there's talent in podcasting. So I love Joe Rogan. I might listen to Joe Rogan, you know, but it's not the same. It's not that morning drive to work where I am building. I feel like I'm listening with a community of people that also know my favorite on-air talent. And I I think that that connection, we crave that as humans. And um, that is lost in a lot of places when we're just scrolling on social. So we crave it in other spaces. And so I think as long as radio makes sure that we stay focused on those things that have always made it great and we don't get too distracted by the other opportunities we have, Um, And by that, I mean, really just focusing on community and connection with listeners at the core of that content of how do we create content around those two things? And then how do we leverage these mobile devices and make it easy? How do we make sure that we have Alexa skills that are easy to use? How do we make sure that technically we're sound on a radio dash so that we can be competitive and look great on a dashboard? So um, I think that those things allow radio to remain competitive Um, We have every opportunity, you know, if we look at share of audio time spent right now, um, it's kind of that same study too. Edison does this research that's infinite dial and share of ear studies. And so ad free platforms represent 40% of time spent with audio. So that means it's people paying for premium subscriptions that don't have ads. Other ad supported platforms, 13% and radios, 39%. They got a big chunk of the pie. And um, I think that that's the perception would be that radio is like a small piece of it and it's not the reality. Uh, so I think it's 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 really interesting that um, uh, AMFM radio counts for 74 percent of the daily audio time spent with any ad supported platform. Wow. So advertiser perception based on um, Edison Research's share of ear study 
And this is from August of 2022. This is 300 advertisers and agencies. According to advertiser perceptions, advertisers and agencies think the share of audio time spent with AM, FM radio is less than combined streaming of Pandora and Spotify. So um, the perception is, is that radio is less than Spotify and Pandora. But in reality, the audience share of AM, FM radio is 19 times larger than ad-supported Spotify and 15 times larger than ad-supported Pandora. Wow, it's a big number. <laughs> so the perception is that radio is dying. The reality is there's still an incredibly large audience. We're just spending more time with audio. Uh, one thing that I've seen in these trends and in these studies is that the time, the amount of audio that people are consuming has increased. Hmm. So as these new channels and platforms are added, we're all consuming more content now. So we're not necessarily killing radio. It's just that people are finding more time to consume more. Yeah, and I think a huge thing reason why people are able to consume more audio is you know just one example would be smart speakers the ability to yes. literally just say hey blank i don't want to set off anybody's <laughs> devices <laughs> but you can just say it and say play this radio station and it'll automatically start playing on these smart speakers we we've got technology that we purchase in our larger markets too where we can have customized pre-rolls so we have timely and relevant content so that the listener feels like it's uh it's a morning show doer and a duo and it says Hey, this is Kat and JJ from the Playhouse. Thanks for listening to us on your Alexa. Don't miss our Easter egg hunt coming up in April. Wow. You know, they they would be talking about Christmas or, you know, Black Friday or whatever, depending on the season, they're talking about something. And then we have a local sponsor too that says, you know, thanks for listening, you know, blah, blah, blah. Thanks to whoever the sponsor is. But having like a personalized welcome. And then when they close it, hey, it's Kat and JJ. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. You know, um, so it's that personalized messaging on those platforms that it's it's kind of like your favorite maybe bar or the place you get your hair cut or whatever those things are. When you feel comfortable, you keep going back. Yeah. <laughs> when you feel like it's personalized, you keep going back. So uh, there's ways to use these digital assets to help us kind of enhance that feeling that we can give to our listeners too, that it's personal. AM FM radio has the largest ad supported audio share of the smart speaker. So share of ad supported audio time spent on smart speaker among persons 18 plus AM FM radio is what they're listening to 43% of the time. 35% is podcasting 11% ad supported Pandora 7% ad supported Spotify. So people are listening to AM FM on smart speakers. So what are some modern technologies or features that radio should kind of embrace or integrate within their reach? What are some other technologies that you are, that you're seeing radio stations use to kind of reach the social media or the internet audience? Uh, mobile apps are essential. Uh, mobile apps are really important for a lot of reasons. Uh, mobile apps allow for easy listening. We can have our playlist right on there. They can see what's been played, what's currently playing. Uh, it allows them to send in, we have like a record function on there so people can send sound requests right from our mobile app to the studio. Um, our on-air team member can have even conversations right through the mobile apps. So it allows people to engage with us in a lot of different ways. Uh, our social media feeds are right on the app as well. So instead of seeing everybody else's, they're just seeing our content. So we're always finding ways to be giving people valid reasons to go to the mobile app, whether it's listening to win on a contest 
or having, you know, prize entry, whatever it might be, we're trying to give them valid reasons to do it. And then we're making sure that when they get there, the content is all engaging and, and useful to them. And it's maybe trying to encourage them to hit the play button because an artist they like is on right now. Uh, so mobile apps are, are, are huge for that. Um, one of the important technologies too, the reason why mobile apps are so important is mobile apps give you an opportunity to be competitive in modern upgraded vehicles, Android Auto and Apple CarPlay. And um, really it's a battle that the radio industry has to fight in. We're fighting to argue that we're still a relevant platform and auto manufacturers should keep us on the dash um, because it'd be very easy for them to simply switch and only have streaming in their dashes. So uh, mobile apps allow us to have a cool little app like look right on that dashboard so that we look just like Spotify, our brands get to be right on a, a somebody's dash as they're driving. Um, mobile apps are really, really vital in keeping us relevant in an auto dash too. Yeah, that's really important because there was a 2017 study that the strategy analytics did, and it found that 23% of new car buyers say that they must have CarPlay in their car, and 56% are, are interested in having CarPlay. So you kind of have to have CarPlay, you know, you have to be a part of that market in order to be successful in radio and just in audio. Um, and I think it's really difficult to talk about the future of radio and the future of audio without mentioning podcasting. Podcasting is huge now. Um, I think that radio stations are even creating their own podcasting. I mean, I know that my station has their own podcasting network. So how are you seeing podcasting and radio? What's their relationship? You know, I think it, it's it's interesting because it is, again, a natural fit for a lot of the content creators that we have. But then also we have a lot of brands in our communities that want to get into podcasting and use it as an opportunity to sort of build their authority in a space uh, to provide educational content. Maybe it's just a personality kind of thing. Uh, we're actively building out a podcasting brand as well as a company. We're working on it, uh, building a podcasting network and, you know, figuring out uh, what niche you want to maybe build it around or is it regional or is it just really broad and is it diversified but podcasting is a unique way again for radio to to kind of dominate and have it as a natural extension um i think that it the reality is we have to understand and embrace that people want content on demand and they want to listen when it's convenient for them and they expect content to be available to them when they're ready to consume it. <laughs> um, appointment listening is hard now. It's very difficult because we can go watch any episode of whatever we want on TV whenever we want. Uh, we can go grab it and watch something on Netflix or if it's Yellowstone or whatever we show. So we are sort of conditioned because of these other platforms now that that becomes the expectation for others. So I think podcasting gives us a chance to take our audio too and sort of repackage it. It might not be unique content, but we take our morning show and we get thousands of downloads a week and it's our morning show repurposed and chopped up in sort of a best of version. People love it. They couldn't listen in the morning or they missed parts of it and now they go catch the parts they missed. So, um, you know, there's even simple ways for stations to dabble in podcasting and get familiar with it by just creating sort of repackaged and repurposed on-demand audio in a podcast format. Um, but again, people want people want content in, in a way that's easy for them to consume when they want to. 
Yeah, gone are the days of the family sitting around the radio listening to those fireside chats or, you know, those, those old broadcasts where people would get their whole neighborhood together to listen to a radio broadcast. That doesn't happen anymore. People get yeah, the Grand Ole Opry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they can just pull up whatever podcast they want at any point and play it. So it's definitely essential that radio kind of embraces this podcast because I think a lot of people view podcasting as sort of um, even streaming platforms as the competitor of radio. But I think it's really important to kind of consider as a companion of radio. I would agree with you. And I think if we watch the national trends of the really big radio groups, they all dove into podcasting networks very quickly. iHeart and Odyssey and everybody jumped right on building podcast networks. And we're really seeing people go away from radio syndication. And what they're moving towards is taking these syndicated radio and turning them into podcasts. And they're selling national and regional sponsorships because the reality, too, is a lot of it is going to be driven by monetization opportunities. And we can easily monetize podcast audiences in a programmatic way that allows sales efficiency for radio stations to be able to monetize podcasting as well. And um, it's an audience extension opportunity. It's an opportunity for us to get audience and revenue outside of our signals. If we're really great at creating content, we have an opportunity to reach beyond the 100,000 watt signal of our radio station. So it allows us to kind of find new buckets of revenue within an audio company, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And so I think that's kind of important to you know acknowledge that radio is not dying. It most likely will not die. Um, and so how do you think that radio avoids extinction? How do you think that they're continuing to just keep on going and going and going? You know, I think a lot of it is paying attention to habits of um, audiences, um, understanding, you know, the things like attention span and making sure that our formats fit that accordingly and that we're paying attention to that thing, making sure that we understand the devices that people are using like smart speakers and mobile phones and that we create great user experiences on those um, pieces of technology and that we we really make sure that the core focus is on creating content that connects with audiences (laughs) Uh, we can't lose sight of that Uh, you know I think it's kind of finding the balance of all of these different parts and pieces and making sure that what remains at the core is that ability to connect with audiences And I think radio is uniquely positioned in a way to do that as good or better than really any other medium. Um, Who better to, you know, dominate podcasting space and creation than, you know, radio talent. Yeah, Uh, They've been talking into mics and creating compelling conversations with people for decades. So I I think that that's a natural extension and opportunity uh, to really expand the reach of radio. And again, the time spent with audiences and really kind of, where those audiences exist. One of the main reasons why I wanted you to be a part of this podcast was because I was trying to learn more about the future of radio and I was, you know, did a quick little Google search and found your your article, Welcome to the Future of Radio. Um, and that's really inspired me to do this. I think there's a lot of great content in there. I think anyone listening could benefit from reading that. But I think that one of the more interesting sections of that was music's impact on American culture. Um, obviously, music is a huge part of radio. And I think that you know, the reason why radio continues to be so important is because music is so important. So could you just kind of briefly talk about music's impact on our culture? Yeah, I think it's that 
that same thing. Music musicians are storytellers. Um, on air talent is storytellers, and that's the thing that we. Um, so I was one of the people that was. Um, I was one of the 1.5 million people that got a special code to buy Taylor Swift tickets. <laughs> and I work for a radio company, but um, I still wanted to buy my own, and I I uh, waited in line for my third choice of venue, and I didn't get tickets, but. Um, I love the music and the storytelling and I can relate to the sound and, you know, you see the growth, like you feel like you sort of know these artists sometimes by listening to their music. Um, now I have an almost two year old son and we're listening to these songs and he's already like emotionally connecting and he's happy when he hears these songs that he loves. And I think about that too. Um, when an Adele song comes on, I pull up our mobile app and I go hit the thumbs up so that our on-air team programs more Adele in our <laughs> in our AC station. Uh, you know, I love you. You get excited. There's there's so much emotion that is derived from music, and they have music has been used to make cultural statements, political statements, um, to build brands and to build like a culture around uh, different communities. And I think that. You know, radio is that channel and that mechanism that has allowed us all to be a part of that. And uh, we've the, the best part about that is it's been accessible to everybody. There's no paying for it. It's free. It's available to anybody, regardless of your income, regardless of, you know, whatever it might be. It's very accessible. And I think that's one of the things historically that has allowed it to survive so many of these changes is that background and that history of being that conduit <laughs> that allows us all that opportunity to be able to connect with artists and that music. Yeah, the Taylor Swift thing is was crazy. So I think, you know, music definitely is really crucial to radio. So that's one of the things that you appreciate about radio so much. You work in the industry. What What makes you love radio? So what makes me love radio is that, you know... The reality is, if I want to listen to my favorite artist, Taylor Swift or Adele, I have a lot of their music that I own. I can listen to it anytime. But the reason why I love listening to it on radio is I get to listen to it, but then I also get to hear what's happening around me. Or I get that funny little anecdote that I can go share with somebody else from my you know, person that I listen to on my way into work in the morning. And so it's sort of that mixture of content that's exciting and fun for me uh, because it's it's... I, there, there's something about um, that ability to have the combination of the emotional connection and the ability to feel good and to get excited or to get jacked up, whatever mood it is in, whatever genre it is that you're picking for that day to listen to and consume mixed in with the what's happening around me. And it's sort of like that combination of different things that allow me to feel personally connected to it. And I think that's the piece of radio that I love so much is that we're all craving that. And I think that that's the important piece that allows radio to remain relevant for so long is I know what's happening in the life of Kelly and Wood and Kat and JJ, two of my local on-air teams that I love listening to. Um, I know Kat and JJ's, um, I know their husband and wife's names and I know Kelly and Wood's wives, you know, and it's like you feel this, um, you're excited to hear more or to learn what's next. And then, you know, I can text in and let them know. And it's sort of hard to find that connection sometimes now because we spend so much time scrolling. And so it's sort of like radio gives us that chance to like stop and actually connect. 
And I think that is the powerful piece that we have to keep refining and tweaking and figuring out. How do we make sure that we tell the story of the value of that when we're, we're talking about radio? Um, how do we keep connecting emotionally, personally, keeping people feeling like they're a part of a community? Connect me with other Swifties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is important. Yes. Don't Touch That Dial is a podcast edited and produced by me, Caleb Broker. The guest in this episode was Kelly Freeler. This will conclude this four-part series on the history of radio broadcasting. Please rate and review this podcast on your favorite platform.